Thank the Lord for worship. Praise and worship. Man, God is good to us. He deserves our praise and our worship. Do you know that? He is glorious. And worship comes in many different forms. We, uh, we typically, when we think of worship, we immediately go to singing, right? And the song service and, and lifting up our voice. But worship uh, is an act. It's an it's a act of service before the Lord. So uh, when we worship before the Lord, that is an act of service to the Lord. We are singing to him. We are honoring him. But also when we give our lives as an act of worship to the Lord is when we serve, when we give, when we do something that he's prompted on our heart for someone else. That's also worship. We also worship with our giving. When we bring our tithes and our offerings before the Lord, that's an act of worship. Did you know that? It's an act of worship. So we're going to talk a little bit about worship for the next uh, few weeks. And uh, I hope it'll stir you, challenge you to worship, not just on a Sunday morning, but to worship on your own. And to see the things that the Lord has prompted you to do as an act of service before him, as an act of worship before the Lord. Because it changes how we do things for the Lord. When you know this is an act of service, an act of worship, it changes your attitude toward it. Anybody figured that out yet? It does. When your attitude's better about a job, come on, who's got kids? Who knows some kids, right? Have you ever told a child to do something and they just popped up and said, yes, father, I would love to do that and just trotted off to do the job? I'd wonder what happened to my kid. Did she bump her head? What happened? Did she, did she fall out of the treehouse? No, you, you are training our kids, right? We're training our kids to respond this way because guess what? Employers like employees that respond that way, right? Guess what? Your heavenly father likes it when his kids respond that way, just like you like it when your kids respond that way. And so we've got to work the attitude out of them, right? We've got to discipline for attitude, parents. You have to discipline for attitude. It's, it's a requirement. They might be a great kid, but if their attitude stinks, you got troubles in River City. Come on now. So our attitude's got to be good. And when we're serving the Lord, our attitude's got to be good. You might be doing something that he asked you to do that you're just tired of. I have been doing this forever, say to yourself. Anybody ever had that thought besides me? Will this ever end? <laughs> Come on, the Bible says, do not grow weary in well-doing, for if you faint not you will reap a reward. It's the ones that grow weary and faint that don't receive the reward. Come on, I don't wanna, I don't wanna work that long and spend that much time and quit toward the end and miss my reward. Do you? All right, thank you, Jesus. Let's get to the word, Acts chapter 13. Acts chapter 13. God is good. Thank you, Lord. Just to remind you, we do have some extra meals too for the Thanksgiving. So if you know someone or you are someone that would like and need a meal for the Thanksgiving, please let us know. We will make sure one gets in your hands. Thank you, Lord. God is good. Acts 13, verse 1. Come on, it's the word, amen? You guys ready to hear the word? This is what changes this. Acts 13, verse 1. Now in the church that was at Antioch, there, was a certain, there were certain prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, uh, Menaean, who had been brought up with Herod, the Tetrarch, and Saul. And as they ministered, everybody say ministered. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said. Come on, there's a time in our lives 
uh, on a regular basis, we're going to have to recognize, we have to set aside and say, I'm going to minister to the Lord. I'm going to take this time and I'm going to minister to the Lord. Right now, I am not ministering to the Lord. I'm ministering to you. You're not ministering to the Lord right now. You're, being, you're receiving ministry right now. Amen? But when we take time out to minister to the Lord, something happens. Something changes. You can hear from heaven better. Right? I would suggest when you take those times to minister to the Lord that you don't have your cell phone next to you. I have proven Pavlov's theory. <laughs> Ding! Ding! <laughs> right? You have too. Come on. We're a mess. We're stuck in that thing. Mine whistles. That's a text message. It could be important. I would suggest when you take time to minister to the Lord, to take time out to pray, to hear his voice, that you don't have distractions around you. Right? And you may have birthed those distractions. <laughs> it's possible. Right? I mean, they might not bug you all day. And the second you close the door and get quiet, all three of them, all six of them, all ten of them are at the door going, what's mama doing? Mama, I'm hungry. Am I the only parent? Come on now, y'all. You got to know some kids in your life. This is truth. Amen? Amen. So it's going to take a little bit of effort and a little bit of work for us to set some time aside. And find some time to minister to the Lord. And the Bible says they ministered to the Lord and fasted. So if you're fasting, this ministering to the Lord must not have been just 10 minutes, right? I've been fasting for at least 10 minutes this morning. That's not fasting. That's just tween meals, okay? That's not called fasting. Fasting is you've, you've missed a meal, right? You maybe missed two. Maybe you skipped the day. And you took some time away from food and said, Lord, you're more important to me than food. And my stomach is going to remind me of this about every 10 minutes that I'm fasting and I'm going to put my attention on you. Come on, there's something to be said about setting something aside, saying no to something so that you can focus on the Lord and minister to the Lord. And the Bible says they ministered to the Lord and they fasted. That means there's some time involved here. There's some hours involved here. When was the last time we took a couple of hours and just set aside some quiet time? Come on, this will change our life. Because look what it said. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said. The Holy Spirit said. There's some things the Lord wants to say to us, speak to us that he is not going to run over us with a truck and stamp a sign on our back or on our chest so we can see. He's not going to do that. He will not bully his way into your life to speak to you. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He will wait for you patiently, patiently to give him the time to speak something to your heart. And when we minister to the Lord, God likes it. He likes it. It pleases him because we've taken time to focus on him, to set the time aside for him. Oh, there's great, great benefit to following after the Lord in this way. Some of you might need to hear from heaven this week. You need some answers. You need some direction. I would suggest take some time and minister to the Lord. 
What does that look like? Oh, you just put your attention on him and you focus on all the good that he is and that he does. Come on, this Bible's full of it. David was full in the Psalms of what God had done, what he spoke to his heart. David knew how to just bless the Lord, oh my soul and all that is within me, bless his holy name. David knew how to lift up a praise and minister to the Lord. We can too. Come on, that's not just for King David. That's for kids of the Most High. That's us, adopted sons and daughters, grafted into the kingdom. That's for us. We are destined for this. Did you know that? This life is just a glimpse, a glimpse of the goodness that is to come. Without reservation, without holding back, we can worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords and lift our voices to him. Come on, he's a good God. And he's deserving of all our praise. Amen? So they got direction from the Lord. And they separated Barnabas and Saul. And, they, and then, having fasted and prayed again, verse 3, they laid hands on them and they sent them away. Guess who the Bible follows from here on out? Barnabas and Saul, Saul becoming Paul. Yeah, this is a big deal. Come on, there's a big deal happening in your life that the Holy Spirit needs to get some direction to you and some wisdom to you and some thoughts to you so that you can fulfill the plan of God for your life because the time is short and we don't have time to waste. We don't have time to dawdle. I'm telling you, the time is short. Jesus is coming. And we got to get on it. And we need to hear from heaven. And he will not speak to you in a Chinese fortune cookie. Right? He's going to speak to your heart on the inside. You'll know on the inside. Right? Right? A big sum of money is coming my way. Praise Jesus. That is not the Lord talking to you. That's the cooks looking around the corner snickering. Ah, you got the money one. <laughs> God wants to talk to us, amen? Psalm 95. Psalm chapter 95. Glory to God. God's been good to you. You know that? That's worth lifting your voice. Come on, we don't do song service for our health. We're not even that good as singers. Right? <laughs> We're trying to lead worship so that we get a flavor and a sense of what the presence of God wants to do in our lives so that we can enter in and not worry about who hears us on our left or our right or in front of us, but that we can just come before the Lord and lay down all the weights and all the junk and just lift our voice to him, set our hearts and our minds on him. You can do this and should do this at home and in your car. Come on now, this is what we're destined to be, not once a week. I remember a time I was driving home from Pullman. Don't even remember what, why or how, but I was by myself driving home. Just felt prompted to worship. Prayed in the spirit, worshiped, sang before the Lord. And I'm telling you, the car just got full of the presence of God. Nobody else around. Nobody knows what I'm doing. The presence of God just saturated that car. I mean, it was tangible. I had to pull over and just stop. It was amazing. Jeff and I had a similar experience. We talked about that. Just, thank you, Lord, just worshiping him, honoring him, giving him what was due him. And his presence just, come on, we need to learn how to do this. Because every one of us is going to be faced with a challenge in life at some point. 
where you're going to get a phone call or you're going to get news or something's going to come up. And our first reaction can dictate the way that goes. And I would suggest as strongly, as challenging as I can, that we condition our response to be, yes, Lord, I will not fear. I worship you. Come on now, just saying I will not fear out loud will send the enemy just fleeing because his goal in bad news is to get you into fear. But when we are conditioned to go before the Lord, come on, no matter what the news was, (laughs) Lord, you're so good, you saw this coming before I did. You already have the answer, I worship you. I'm your kid, you're not leaving me stranded. Come on, that's a, different, that's a different response than the world makes, isn't it? Isn't it? Don't think for a second your heavenly father doesn't see that. When his kids say, I will not fear, I worship you. In the middle of a storm, he'll take notice. Jesus, come over here. Look at, look at this guy. He's, he just got horrible news and he's worshiping. Moses, Abraham, look. Come on, we got, we, got to, we got to get something big. Come on, we got to get something for him. We got to get something to him, extra, super abundant. Come on, they're in faith. Faith pleases God. Can you see that? This is our Heavenly Father. He's looking for people that will stand up in faith no matter what they're facing and say, I will serve him. He's my God. He's never failed me. He will never let me down. I worship you. I worship you. Come on, take some fortitude to do that. Take some practice. Take some discipline. We can do it. We've been empowered to do it. We can walk in it. This is what worship is meant to be. It's our go-to. How many stories in the Bible that God commanded the Israelites to put the worshipers, the music players, in front of, of the battle array. Come on, they went before everybody else. And while they're marching to the battle, God's fighting for them on the other side. And it's won when they get there. Come on, this happened over and over and over. This is for our admonition. This is to help us to understand the battle is won in prayer and in praise and in worship. There's times to fight. There's times to swing the sword. Worship goes a long ways. You guys okay? Thank you, Lord. Psalm 95. I'm not on you. I'm encouraging you. This will help in every area of your life. Come on, we're growing at Westside Church. God's not content with us to just be saved and making it to heaven. I don't want the gates just tapping me in the hind end as we're making it in. Right? I want to be in there strong and full, full of the word of God, because this is just the beginning. We're going to be using our faith and speaking the word and believing God for eternity. We're in faith school right now. We're learning some things, and God wants us to grow. Amen? That's our purpose. Westside Church is to not leave baby Christians baby, but to grow up and mature in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's our call. Thank you, Lord. Psalm 95, verse 1. O come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully in the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Come on, thanksgiving's coming. What are you thankful for? I'm thankful for his presence, amen? Come before his presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully to him with psalms. 
For the Lord is the great God and the great King above all gods. In his hand are the deep places of the earth. The heights of the hills are his also. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands formed the dry ground. O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker, for he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Come on, that's good news. That's good news, amen? Verse 6, O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our God, our maker. We used to sing a song just like that. Come on. Remember that one? <clears throat> oh, come let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our God, our maker. Come on. We, this singing scripture is some of the best stuff you can do. These things, can, you can put tunes to these all day long. It's oh, good for you. David didn't just write this. Just for him, God put it in the canon of Scripture so that we can go to it and see it and worship God. Just in general, I'll say this in general. Ladies, it is easier for you. It is, honestly, let's be honest. It is easier for you to sing and to express your feelings and your emotion and your worship for, for the Lord. It is, in general, right? I'm not saying across the board, but in general. Fellas, we need to do some work on this. Come on, David was an example to us of what it is to worship the Lord. And he was unreserved, unashamed, unabashed, right? He danced so hard he danced his clothes off. I'm not suggesting that at church. There might be a time when you just, come on guys, you need to worship the Lord. Lift your voice. Your kids need to hear you sing to the Lord. You know what that'll do for them? You know kids aren't shy about singing? Even when they sound terrible, they sing the songs. Come on. Where's my parents? Where's my parents, the young ones? Baby shark. Baby shark. Oh, my goodness. How did that get stuck? But my kid's making up words to it now. She's like, we're driving by something, and she goes, that's a creepy statue. Creepy statue. She's three. We're like, oh, man, we are in for a ride with this one. There's some things we need to get stuck in us that just come out and sing before the Lord. We can do it. Your flesh and the enemy wants to fight you in this. Come on, think about this. If the enemy knows he's defeated in worship and in praise, where is he going to fight you? In worship and praise. You can't sing like that. People will hear you. You're not on key. You don't know all the words. You're making that up. Come on, these thoughts. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you take away the most effective weapon from somebody you were about to do battle with if you could? Wouldn't you? Well, yeah. That's what we do. It's effective. I've got my go-tos. Those old school, there's some old school songs. I was raised in church. Come on, some of y'all were raised in gangs and and prison i don't know i was raised in church man it was rough they would kill you and tell you god told them to do it i mean it's just church is rough but i learned some songs being raised in church and they stuck you know i exalt thee come on that's a good one you get that one stuck that's a good one to get stuck i exalt thee that's a good one be glorified there's some good ones 
there's something for you to learn. There's something for you to sing. There's a song in your heart. It may come out by inspiration of the Holy Spirit. It may be something from your past, something in your now. There's something for you to sing. Make sure it lifts the name of Jesus up. Make sure it honors the Lord. Come on, singing about your emotions and how you feel is not helping you. We got to sing about Jesus. We got to sing about the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We got to sing about our Heavenly Father and how good He is and that His mercies are new every morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Romans 12. You guys doing okay? I got a little bit more. Thank you, Jesus. This brings new meaning to Romans. Paul says, come on. He says to these folks, he says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. A living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable to God, which is your what? It's your reasonable service. To present your bodies as a living sacrifice, to worship, to honor, to praise, is your reasonable service because of what he's done. Come on, it takes you five seconds to look at where you could have been and see where you're at now. To say, God has been good to me. If he found you, if he dug you out, if he mined you out of the pit you were in, and Jesus came into your life and became your Savior and your Lord, heaven is now your home. That's worthy of worship forever. Forever. Come on, God's good to us. Is that true? He says, I beseech you, present your bodies a living sacrifice. To worship means to honor, to show reverence for as a divine being or supernatural power. This is, this is in Webster's. To regard with great or extravagant respect, honor, or devotion. Did you know that you can worship other things other than the Lord? Usually it just happens because by default you're not worshiping the Lord. Something else will fill that spot. Do you know that? It happens all the time, even in believers. You can love cars. You can love sports. And you can worship them because they take up all your time. Your respect, your admiration, right? Come on. When was the day when the United States of America began to look to the entertainment industry for wisdom and advice? Dear Jesus, help us all. Right? I mean, quotes and ideas and thoughts from the athletic world and the Hollywood and the why are we listening to any? Our worship needs to be on point. It needs to be where it needs to be and on the Father. Amen? For several years, I've worked this word out of my vocabulary in specific things, saying that I love sports, I love pizza, I love cars. Come on, we've said it. We've all done it, right? We say, oh, I love, I love that show. Oh, I love my yard. Oh, I love, I love my yard. It's so pretty. I love where we live. I love my house. I love my airplane. Right, Dad? <laughs> we say this, we say this. And we miss the value of love. So I've worked it out of my vocabulary. I'm not perfect at it. But I stopped saying I love stuff. Come on, we love God and we love people. And we love the word. Amen? And that's the only thing we should love. 
God and people and the word. Is that true? And we got to help our kids. We got to help and correct our own, our own words. And then we got to help our kids because they're picking up on this. And it's devaluing the word love. Because what you love, you will worship. You will put your time on. Come on. It says to show reverence as being, uh, as a divine being or a supernatural power. People do that all the time. To regard with great or extravagant respect, honor, or devotion. Come on, are we doing that with stuff? I know people that are car guys. I was heading that road for a long time myself. And your extra money went to your car stuff, right? Different types of shifters and, uh, oh, I got a four-barrel carburetor. And, oh, look at the tires I put on this thing. Spending all your extra time, all your extra money on stuff. And guess what? It is an idol. Because your extra time and your extra service should come before the Lord and say, Lord, what do you want me to do with this? I have extra time. And I ended up with some extra money. What would you like me to do? Because he's your God. He's your Savior. He's your King. And we will stand before him very soon and give an account. We will. Know that. But this blessed hope that Jesus is coming back is the hope that purifies us. It's the hope knowing that Jesus is coming and I'm going to give an account. It's what purifies us to say no to some stuff and yes to him. You see that? Come on, this is worship. Father, what do you want me to do with my time and my talent and my treasure? How can I honor you and worship you? Sometimes that's lifting your voice to worship him to honor him, to give him praise. It doesn't have to always be in a song. It can just be your words, but it's still worship. To Say, thank you, Father. You're so good. You're so good to me. Amen? God's been good to us, hasn't he? So we don't love pizza and ice cream, sports cars, sports teams. Come on, we love Jesus. We love our Father. We love people. We love the Holy Spirit inside of us. We love the word of God. Come on, we love him and nothing else. Everything else we can like. Mucho gusto. I like it very much. I do not love it. Come on, right? Is that true? We can like, we can like I like it a lot. I like it a lot. You can like it. You can. But I don't love it. Amen? We love Jesus. Is that true? God is good. He's going to teach us some things over the next couple of weeks about how to worship him, how to honor him, how to set time aside and focus on him, and it will do you good. Can you be here? Come on, it'll help you. It'll help you grow in your relationship with him. It'll help you grow in hearing from him. God is good to us. Amen? Is that true? Thank you, Lord. God is good. God is good. Thank you, Jesus. Can you grab my, my mama? That'd be great. Thank you, Lord. <clears throat> My mom, a uh, longtime pastor's wife, retired now. She was the piano player for many a decade in the church I grew up in. And uh, a lot of the songs that are stuck, gratefully stuck in my memory, are because of the songs we used to sing. And they're good, they're healthy, they're strong, they're full of the word. Come on, they are the word. We were singing scripture. We can get back to that, right? There's songs we can sing, we can get back to that. Is that true? But this, this service shouldn't be the only place we sing. It should not be the only place we worship. Come on, our life is a worship. The way we live is a worship before the Lord. And like the word we heard from the Lord, that word we heard from the Lord, where we are just unashamed, unashamed 
to just worship, to just give him everything that we are. No matter where we're at, what we are, if we're prompted to just worship. Anybody, anybody seen Todd White online? Anybody heard of Todd White? Look up Todd White. Man, that guy loves Jesus. And he is just a dynamo about going after people and, worship, and just, just sharing the love of Jesus with people. And there's a, there's a video where he uh, was in somewhere in Italy and he went into one of those churches. Anybody been to Italy? I had a pastor that used to say Italy. <laughs> no, nobody been to Italy? Okay, so a few people, a few people. And he walks into one of these cathedrals, one of these amazing acoustical cathedrals, and just began to sing Jesus. Jesus! And I mean, just reverberate, and everybody stops. Everybody that's just touring and looking at pictures and stuff on the wall, you start singing the name of Jesus. Come on now. Some of you are bold enough to pull that off. Some of you gives you heart palpitations to even think about singing out loud like that. But there's something about being unashamed and singing. If you're embarrassed to sing with yourself, you got problems. You need, you need Jesus right now, okay? You need to be able to sing by yourself and it be okay, right? And then work up to somebody else healing, hearing you, right? Because God, God wants to, to use you, amen? So this song um, comes out of uh, Revelation, which we'll get to next week. It's Revelation chapter 7, but it's, it's called uh, Be to Our God. It was written by, um, I believe her name's Crystal Lewis. We used to sing this in the 90s, but it's, it's good. So would you stand with me? The words are going to be on the screen. Let's just, let's just sing the song. It might be new to you. It might be old school for you, but let's just sing this song and just do a little bit of practice from what we just heard. Amen? Can we do that? All right. She's finding the key. Thank you, Lord. You ready? Salvation belongs to our God Who sits upon the throne And unto the Lamb Praise and glory Wisdom and thanks Honor and power and strength Be to our God forever and ever Be to our God forever and ever Be to our God forever and ever, amen